0: You're about to hear a sermon by Pastor Jeff Brewer, Senior Pastor of Freedom Life Church of God in Henderson, North Carolina. For more information on our church, please visit us online at freedomlifecog.org. Let's get right into this message. Let's look at the Word of God this morning. Let's hear what God's Word has to say in Revelation 2, chapter 1 through 5, or verses 1 through 5. L- this is the message to the church of Ephesus. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven candlesticks. I know your works, I know your labors, I know your patience, and how thou hast not bare them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent, do the first works over, or else. Somebody say, or else. He's not giving any time for any compromise. He says, or else. I will come unto thee quickly. I will remove thy candlestick out of thy place, except you repent. I want to preach a few moments this morning on one word, somewhat. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. We thank you today for the opportunity to preach and pray and seek your face and go after you with all of our heart. We're hungry for your word. We're thirsty for not just a sermon, but for a word from the Lord. Would you touch us and bless us? Would you feed our hungry souls and challenge our lives and do a great work? And we'll give you praise all in glory. And everybody shouts Amen. one more time. I believe the word of the, to the church at Ephesus is the key to breakthrough today for our churches. It's the key to revival, to the release of supernatural anointing, to miracles, and a great outpouring of God's supernatural power. I got to ask you a question this morning. Are you hungry for an outpouring of God's supernatural power? Shout amen. Jesus, in this message to the church, begins with a listing of wonderful qualities that they possessed, their good works their labors of love, their patience. They had a tremendous disdain or hatred for evil, their persistence, their refusal to quit, their courage. They had a discernment and a dedication to truth. They were strong. They were enduring. They were incredible qualities that any church would desire to have and be honored to have. Marvelous attributes. Yet in the midst of all of these good qualities, Jesus said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. In the midst of all these good qualities, he said somewhat against you. There is a problem in the midst of your goodness. There's a problem that overshadows all the good that you're doing. You have felt you have left your first love. And he said you've got to to uh, to get back to your first love. Return, remember and repent. And then he says this. This is powerful. Now listen. He says return, remember and and to repent or else. Somebody shout, or else. You said, I don't like to hear that. Well, God says, or else. There are consequences for not getting back to God. Judgment begins in the house of God. He said, or else I will remove the candlestick out of thy place. The Lord is saying, if you don't deal with the somewhat, I'm gonna take the candlestick out from its place. The candlestick re- represents the presence and the power and the glory of God. The candlestick is what distinguishes A church from a club. It's what makes a church a church from another organization, from another building, from just another place. Without the candlestick, we're no more than the mall or the movie theater or the coffee shop. Can I get a witness out there? And that's about how some people feel about the church. When you come in this church this morning, you ought to understand this is God's holy ground and we ought to worship and praise God and do nothing that would grieve the Spirit as we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And bless the name of the Lord. Have you blessed God since you've been in here? This is his house. Give him honor and give him praise. See, the church is not about tall steeples and padded pews and platforms. That's not what makes a church. What makes a church is the presence, the power, and the move of God in the building upon the people. The anointing, the power, the presence of God. When we come in here, we meet God. I said, when we come in here, we are to meet God. If not, cut the lights out and let's go home. Come on now. So the candlestick is what makes the church a church. And the Lord said, as good as things are, if you don't deal with the somewhat, I will remove your candlestick, my glory and my presence. This is a soul-stirring, eye-opening, fearful, trembling thought to think that the presence of God could leave the house of God. That the sign over our church doors could be Ichabod, the glory has departed. And everything we do, if that happens, we will not be able to, to do what God has called us to do. We're trying to do everything in our own talent and our ability. No wonder we got to have so much education today to preach. Because we got no power. We're going to have more seminaries and more theology and more and more and more. And it's not enough. We got rocket scientists behind the pulpit that can explain every Greek verse in the Bible, but they have no power to preach this gospel give me an old fashioned uh, uh, uneducated man that's been with the Lord been on his knees and cries out to God that's what we need in the church we got too much emphasis on education I'm not against education but what we need God move in our church hallelujah that's what you need this morning you don't need to be impressed by how much I know you need to be touched by the power of almighty God no wonder we are using, having to have the most talented to perform and the people that are the most gifted, no matter how gifted they are, no matter how talented they are. I mean, they can sing uh, 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 the, uh, the house down. They can play instruments that are just right. But, but, but something is missing and we become entertainers and not empowering people with the gospel. Our church services are carried on the shoulders of flesh and we're f- falling beneath the load. No wonder there is a void of miracles and signs and wonders today. Because to be honest with you, we're trying our best to hinge everything we are on the arm of flesh and the talent of man. And with, things are not going to get any better until we remember, repent, and return to our first love, deal with the sin of somewhat. It will cause us uh, without this uh, anointing of God, it will cause us we will not be anointed uh, or it will not be an anointed or appointed place where God moves. We will become symbolism without substance. Professionalism without possession. Clouds without water. Embers without a flame or a fire. A place where Satan goes unchallenged. How is he he challenged if we're letting sin behind the pulpit? Letting sin in the choir. Allowing sin to play instruments in the church. My God, it's unchallenged. And when we challenge sin here at Freedom Life, most of the time people get mad. You know why? That's just the devil getting mad. But if you're going to stand up and do something for the glory of God, you ought to be saved sanctified. Amen. And so it's a place where Satan goes unchallenged. Sin runs rampant. Souls will be unredeemable and grace will become disgrace. And the Holy Ghost is grieved each Sunday. God wants us to deal with the somewhat. The the warning of God is a matter of life and death to the church today. If God removes the candlestick it's over. I said it's over. So what's what is the sin of somewhat that God said we must deal with? Let's look at it for a moment. Jesus said, leaving your first love. So the question is, what is the first love of the church? What are we to love as a church? The answer is Acts eight: You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. Listen, here's our first love because this was Christ's first love. Here's a heartbeat. You shall be witnesses unto me. That is the heartbeat of the gospel. And without the heartbeat of soul winning, we are dead. Churches, I don't care how loud you shout, how loud your music is, how successful you look, if we're not winning souls, we're missing God. The first love of every born-again believer is to witness to the lost. That should be our heartbeat. That should be our reason for existing. The Bible says that that was the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. He came to this world to seek and save the lost. He came that sinners might be saved and that no one would perish but have everlasting life. And the Lord said to the church at Ephesus, I have somewhat against you. You're laboring. You're working. You're serving. You're doing all the right things, but you've lost the most important thing. You've stopped winning souls. Listen, church, it's not about how good our choir sings and things. God they sing good. It's not about how exciting the praise team is and thank God it's good. It's not how beautiful the church is. It's not about the lights or the camera or the Facebook or the talented musicians. It's not about numbers or crowds today. It's not even about the preacher in the pulpit. It's not about fellowship, friendship and membership. It's not about programs and props and ceremonies. We are too comfortable in the church. Real church, real church is about winning souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. I was so honored this morning sitting in my office. Jason brought his son in, Nolan in, and said, Nolan says he would like for you to pray with him to be saved. And before church ever started this morning... I took that little fellow's hand and we prayed and he gave his life to Christ. That's what church is all about. Now, if I flop in preaching today, if the music's off, if it, we have already had church because there's joy in heaven when somebody gets saved. Amen. Real church. Somebody say real church. Our idea of church is wrong. I oh, know it's quiet in here. I said our idea of coming in Going through the mode is wrong. The church is about soul winning. When we stop winning souls, God removes his presence, and we cease to be a church. And I hate to say this, but we do about everything in the church but win souls. Our focus is on everything but the lost. We're focused on appeasing church members, about entertaining our crowds, about impressing the people about doing something better than the church down the road. We're focused about accommodating everybody. That's why they have coffee shops in the church now. That's why they have smoking. They're trying to accommodate people when we ought to come in here without a donut and without a cup of coffee and without a cigarette and praise God. This thing is not about accommodating people. We're focused on trying to keep the people that say they're saved coming to church. We're jumping through hoops to try to please you, so you'll come back next week. I jumped through a bigger hoop this week, so you'll see what I got next week. Our attention is inside the four walls only. And the Lord says, you have lost your first love. You're doing some good things. You got a good-looking church, but you lost your first love. You lost your burden and your passion and your love for lost people. And the Lord said, this has got to change. Or else. That's what Jesus said. He said, this has got to change or else. Or else what? Or else I will remove my presence and my power. And, and I'm sad to say today, it looks like a lot of churches that the presence and power of God is gone. They got good entertainment. They got the flashing lights and, the, and, and all the right stuff. But, but it's God in there to save. That's, that's what we got to ask. The highest plane in spirituality is not gifts, it's not talents, it's not not positions or programs or props or professionalism or proficient preachers. The greatest ministry and the highest plane of spirituality is soul winning. We need to return to our first love, our love for the lost, our love for the unsaved, our love for the backslider, our love for those that are on their way to hell. And Jesus said, if you don't start getting concerned about people out there, I'm leaving in here. going record saying that I'm not all right with God not being in here. Thank God you sing good but I need more than your good singing. Thank God you play good. I need more than, I need more than a tingling because the music makes me feel good. I need God in my life. I need a move of God in my life. I need to leave here changed this morning, not entertained. Amen. He said, if you don't do something, he said, I'm going to remove my candlestick I'm going to remove my presence, my anointing. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you invited somebody to church? Uh Uh-oh, now it's going to get quiet. When's the last time you talked to somebody about the Lord? When's the last time you got got on your telephone, started calling people that you haven't seen even in the church in a while, inviting them to church? When's the last time you sent out a letter in the mail and said, we sure do miss you? When's the last time you had a friend sitting beside you in church because you invited? I hate to say this, but the truth is, we haven't even thought about it. It hasn't entered our mind. We're so focused on us getting here. We got an attitude like, you better appreciate I'm here because I may not be here next week. You better appreciate it because I don't have to come. We've gotten so me-focused, and that music better be for me. And that singing better be for me and that preaching better be for me. And if it's not, I'll find somewhere else because it's got to be about me. But I want to tell you, it's not about you. It's about the lost. So now the truth is we have lost our first love as a Christian to win someone to the Lord. Did you know while we're preaching this sermon that people are dying and going to hell? And I said this Wednesday night, do you know when, when the rich man first got to hell, his first thought was water. And after he found out that there was no water, his second thought, and this is the thought of those in hell this morning. Now, I know you don't want to hear this, but I want you to get this. It could possibly be that you have someone in your family that you loved that didn't make it say, Pastor, are you judging? No, 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 no. I'm just saying there's a possibility. But I'll tell you what they're doing in, if they're in hell. They're calling your name out and your name out and my name out. God sends somebody that they won't come to this terrible place. It's important to them. As a matter of fact, hell's the greatest prayer meeting in the world. But it's not important to us, but it's important to God. See, it's important to us that I get to sing in the choir. It's important to us that I'm on the praise team. It's important to us that I get to play an instrument in the church or I'm sitting on the pastor's council. I'm important. It's important to us that I'm an usher in the house of God. It's important I'm a leader in the children's ministry, the teens or the ladies' ministry. I could go on, although all these things are wonderful and God thanks you for what you're doing. Nevertheless, he says, unless you've got soul winning at the heartbeat of your ministry, you're missing me. Things have got to change, or else it's not about you trying to, 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 to get a better program or, or, or a better activity or something that will, that will draw the crowds. It's about getting souls saved, or else what you do will be profitless to the kingdom. What you'll do will be sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. What you do will be void of power and God's. When you hate to face God and say, Well, I did this for 20 years, and God said I wasn't in it, you were in it. I said this before, and I, I hate to get mean on Sunday morning, but most people that do something in the church, do it for them. If you didn't let them play an instrument, they'd go somewhere else. I, I, I got to use my gift. If you didn't let them sing, they'd go. Uh, a lot of times it's for them. But God said, I'm looking for some, somebody that will do it for souls. When you get up here to sing a special, it's not about how good you sing, and you ought to want to sing good. You ought to want to blow the roof off. But you you need to pray, God, let this touch somebody that's lost. As we're on Facebook, and I believe David said in one month we reached 5,000 people in the different places we're in, we ought to be saying, God, in my song, let some lost soul fill Jesus. In my sermon, God, let some lost soul fill Jesus. That's what it's about. One of the great men of God said it, it's not right for, for uh, people to hear the gospel twice when some have never heard it before. Think about that. So, so because anything we do in the kingdom is supposed to be about winning souls. That should be our motive for everything we do. That's what pleases God. That's our first love. And so the church exists because of soul winning. It's a soul winning station. If that's not our priority, God said, I'm going to move myself. Go ahead. Have church on your education. I don't care how many uh, 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 certificates of doctrine of degrees you have on your wall. He said, I don't care how good you play, how good you sing. If you're not going to win souls, if your motive's not about souls, you're doing it in vain. And you say, you can have church, but I will not be part of it, Jesus said. You can sing, but have no anointing. You can have a choir, but no power. You can have all the calls, but no move of God. Come to church we, many times for us just to be blessed, touched, entertained, fulfill our religious responsibility, many different things. But I'm going to tell you, we ought to have a heartbeat for souls. We come here to meet with God, to be stirred by the Spirit, to be drawn closer to Him, to be empowered with a fire that will go out and win the lost. Amen. Our, uh, we ought to have an upper room experience. When they came out of that upper room, everybody around them got something. Come on now. When we leave church, we ought to be so much full of God that we can go out and everywhere. We go to the restaurant and have revival. We go to the restaurant and get people filled with the Holy Ghost. If you leave the church and you have not been challenged to live a life that would be a light to others, you missed it. If you aren't stirred in your soul to reach someone for God, you've missed it. If your heart is not burdened because someone else is going to hell, you've missed it. If you don't have a burning desire to win somebody to the Lord, you missed it. You just came to church but you really got nothing. You missed it. You missed it. no matter how good people sing or play it doesn't awaken us because soul winning is not our motivation. The service today is about winning souls. And and if not he said I'll move my candlestick. I'm closing. In our church we have standards that we qualifications and I believe we ought to. What if one of the qualifications was to sing in the choir? Or to play an instrument or be an usher, you had to be a soul winner. Wonder how many we'd have. That ain't our qualification, but that is our motivation. Jesus is the patient saying to the church, if you don't have a heartbeat for the lost, if you don't care about dying people, I am not going to hang around. Go ahead and give your little, have your little church uh, shine and shout and entertain. But he says, you're going to have to do it without me and my power. Without any power, without any... Is that what's happening to us today, maybe? You know, we've got better preachers and more educated people and more talented. Anybody remember the old church where you didn't have nothing, but you had the power of God? We've become professional church. We know how to do it without God. Although it looks good and sounds good, there's no power. We're filling auditoriums We're having mega churches, and we're looking more like the world every day than the church. And we're stirring the flesh, but we're not stirring the soul. That's why people are not convicted of their sins when they come to church. They come and never get rooted and grounded. They can come to church and be taken hostage. They don't grow. They're not effective. That's how church can be cold and complacent and lifeless, compromising our values, losing our morals, embracing carnal values, backsliding right in the church. How? How? Because he's moved his candlestick. The church has become like the chief butler in the story of Joseph. Joseph interpreted the dream of the chief butler. And when he said, When you're restored back to your position, remember me. The but chief butler got out. He got back out. He was free. He was liberated. He was enjoying the liberty. He was enjoying his position, enjoying the party. He forgot about Joseph and I wonder how many of us have been saved, delivered, free, blessed, anointed and we have forgotten the lost. You just heard a sermon from Pastor Jeff Pruer, Senior Pastor of Freedom Life Church of God in Henderson, North Carolina. Want to hear more sermons like this one? You can find all of Pastor Pruer's sermons on our YouTube channel. Just open your YouTube app and search for Freedom Life Church of God. For any additional information on our church, or if you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit our website at freedomlifecog.org.